get while adjusting. Yep. Cool. Sorry to make you uh, get up and work on adjusting a microphone. I know it's very hard for you. You right know now. how I feel about this, and under my current state. In your condition, you probably shouldn't be adjusting podcasting equipment, and I appreciate you putting your physical self in harm's way for peace in a podcast. This is going to be a quiet episode. Um, This is a very special episode. Hello, friends. This This, I am Mary Doodles. And I am Dante. Give me motion. And uh, we are bringing you a very special podcast directly from our bed. This is a bed cast. Now, if this were 1954, this would be incredibly scandalous. But today in 2017, with Trump's tax returns coming out and uh, women not shaving their armpits, I feel empowered to be able to support my man who did not want to get out of bed today. Thank you. I feel empowered. I feel I feel heard and I feel seen. Hey, I hear you and I see you. I see your pain every morning. Finally, I can express it publicly via uh, an audio broadcast in this thing that we now call a bedcast. It is 11.38 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The curtains are drawn. The houseplants are not getting their morning They're getting what they need. They're getting enough. Dante needs it to be comfortable in here. Listen, I was... uh, I'm not not proud of my, my... staying in bed till 11 uh but this is this is just how it went down um it's the state of affairs right now we i was i was having really interesting dreams incredibly interesting dreams and uh i was i've been laid off from my job so what does one do when they're dreaming really interesting dreams and they don't have a place to be necessarily they this this just kind of sink into the warmth and the the comfort of the bed, and then they convince their podcasting partner, girlfriend, significant other, to uh, podcast with them. It's a mobile studio, so uh, you know. Hashtag blessings. It really is. It's a wonderful thing. It is. Um, so, what have you been dreaming about that? is so important that keeps you here well because this is exactly what everybody wants to listen to other people's dreams uh, no they're they're super they might are going to be super important because uh they're mine and we're podcasting i i had a dream that i was really giving a good talking to uh to someone who had hurt you in the past or, or had Made you um, feel uncomfortable in the past. Baby, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the truth. Is this like a, a, we don't need to name names. Is we don't this need a real names. person? Real person. Real person? Real person. Oh, wow. Uh, did, so did you win? Did you make them feel really bad? Tell me you did. Yeah, no, definitely. They, they, they felt bad. They apologized. But this is all happening in, in an airport. And I was just, uh, and we're like going up and down escalators. Wow. And... Going through the ticketing thing, yeah, and then they wouldn't let me back into the uh, the, the the gate part. So it was, but it wasn't until I was there that I was allowed to uh, talk with this individual, and we had a, a good talking. <gasps> what? And uh, 
Though he was considerably larger than me. So it was a man. It was a man, yes. Oh my goodness. And I, I gave him a good whack. And which is the first time in a dream. Most of the times in dreams, I can't I can't whack people. Wait, it got physical? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. And here I was making fun of you, not wanting to get out of bed. And you've been protecting me this whole time. I like how this flips the script for you. <laughs> it really does. Oh, what a romantic comedy. Go on. So now I was just pursuing this. But you know, once you wake up from a dream and you try to go back, mm-hmm. it's not quite the same. So I'd, I'd keep on going back to the airport, but the scenario would be just different. Like there wouldn't be the same people there. The airport would look a little bit different. There would be no more need to get on a plane. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a, it, was, it, was, it was different. Uh, so at that point, I was just laying in bed. Looking at there's some darkness over on the uh, eastern skies, and I was kind of no, looking at that. There, it's uh, it's blue skies today. I don't know what you're seeing. There is darkness in the eastern skies. <laughs> there's always darkness in the eastern skies for Dante. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was just making sure the bed was safe, and I was safe, and um, I was I was enjoying myself. Wow. I was reading tweets from Tessa Violet. Yeah. Tessa tweeted about her our podcast and yeah, said thank that you tessa she's Shout all caught out. up so thank you sorry for... we didn't get this one out in time before your flight or maybe we did uh we'll but see enjoy hardcore history oh. oh i was so excited she tweeted that she's downloaded a bunch of things including um what is it uh ghosts of the ost front which is an exceptional podcast what is it about uh it is about world war ii the Eastern Front, Germans versus the Russians. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. kind of, I think like in America, we don't quite get that perspective of the war. Yeah. We hear a lot about our own guys and what they're up to, which makes sense. Um, but just the brutality between Germany and Russia at the time, it is incredible. Um, which I suppose could segue into uh, Tripod which is something I've, I know we're halfway through March, but I've been noticing it on other podcasts. It's a movement to kind of, you know, sharing is caring and shout out other podcasts. Uh, Hashtag tripod, T-R-Y pod. So yeah, I'm going to say hardcore history is a good one. That's a great one. Recommend. Uh, It'll blow your mind. I'll give you uh, the the World War One, which is called uh, something, something Armageddon. Um, blueprint for Armageddon. The, blue, the blueprint for Armageddon. Oh my God! It's uh, you know we don't. I didn't know much about the World War One. I. I was definitely more familiar with World War Two, and I would even say I'm like a well versed in World War Two, but it brings World War One to life. Yes. And it, and it. Ugh. I it it highlights uh the one of the more fascinating aspects for me is how World War One was that transitional war where we went from you know, this old school way of doing war where it was glorious and wonderful and an honor to die valiantly on the field. And it it was when our technology transformed war into a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, because and, before, oh. one small bullet might hit you in a field. Yes. And good chances it won't even hit you in the field. You can still run at that person with a sword and take them down. And yeah. Even though there, nothing sounds appealing about that. Nothing does, but yeah, there was a for a long time a good strategy was to just send the boys over the hill, and a good amount will make it to mm-hmm. the other side. Uh, but then technology changed that, and when you'd send those boys over the hill, they just got 
cut down and uh, learning about the the higher ups having to process this and how long it took for them to adjust their strategies and not just sacrifice uh, people. It, 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 it's it's a it's a fascinating series. Um, Tens of thousands yeah. of people from the first day. <gasps> Whereas so many. my favorite quote from that was that Napoleon used to brag that he could spend thirty thousand soldiers a month, something like that. And then there was like something like. Uh, I don't know the number, but multiple tens of thousands of people yes. in the first few hours of the first fight in World War One. Within hours. Uh, so, yeah, um, hardcore history. If you want history contextualized as well, um, I find that it is a very fascinating way to look back and then uh, somehow be able to draw parallels or relate to what's going on. Puts it in perspective. Um, Absolutely. I feel like uh, I, we sh- I, I'd also love to shout out Go Tell It to the Wall. Yes, uh, Our brother podcast. Brother podcast. He's finally got, uh, Sean has his new home office set up, finally. Uh, he's just gone through, you know, having a baby and moving into a new house all at the same time. And uh, moving in with his mother-in-law. And his mother-in-law. Oh, yeah, that's been which, your activity lately. Yeah, which is not, uh, because she's my mother, I know how uh, the, the, that can take a certain amount of patience and time. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, Mom. <laughs> We Very, love you. Love you. Everyone's adjusting. Everyone's adjusting. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah. It is an adjustment. I mean, moving, we've had, uh, without getting into details, just I feel like lately there's been a lot of change up in the air. Yeah. We had some discussion with some friends uh, on a group project last night that was just kind of bittersweet. I don't know. Um, yeah. Things transitioning into the next phase for me is always a difficult thing because I tend to get sentimental and uh, I, I linger. I, I really, I'm really good at existing in the moment, but that, that can easily shift into existing in the past and not progressing forward. So that's something that uh, I get to look forward to is radical change. Yeah, sometimes that's, what, that's exactly what the doctor ordered. That mm. kicks you into a new gear that you didn't think you even possessed before. Yeah, and, uh, that's where I find I am right now. Yeah, yeah, and you you've been going through that. You with yeah, no, I, I've gotten laid off. Um, high five. High five. From and, bed. But, uh, but it's it's at a good time because the company I was working for, Maker Studios, is uh, no longer being called Maker Studios and no longer doing the project I was working on, Epic Rap Battles of History. Are you able to talk about that? Uh, well, I mean, it's... How many NDAs have you... St- oh, yeah, I mean, if it's, it's like, public. It's pretty public. Um, so they had to lose in their name. So, like, the, you know, I felt I feel pretty good knowing that I was there for... Uh, that my time there was during the time that it was actually Maker Studios. Yeah, and the golden age. We were doing uh, interesting stuff by the seat of our pants. God. And there were some really motivated, hardworking people there uh, who, you know, were very involved. And now it's... um. It's a uh, it's a little bit harder to navigate these days. Yeah. Uh, for people, good people still work there and still making uh, good stuff, but it's become so much harder to make anything now that uh, it seems that there's a an air of discouragement. It's transformed. It's that it was that little startup company that just kept growing, and uh, Morgan would always say it was the kid that was growing faster than its clothes. So it was always wearing something a little uncomfortable yeah he didn't say it like that he said it in a much more 
concise way, no, but no, it's a beautiful metaphor for is. how it felt there because it was really fun and exciting and all positive, good things, but then like there's a little constraint and a little tightness and you always felt like, oh, there's area for improvement. Uh, yeah, God, it, the old days. <laughs> that that clothes analogy is very good because you just made what we were scrappy. Yeah. So we had to use like that scrappy kid. It's like if your belt didn't work anymore, you had to get a rope and put yeah. it around your pants. And then if your shirt was too big, like you just had to put on the next shirt you could find yeah. and get through the day. Uh, and I think I don't know. I think I made everyone uh, stronger and, and quicker and uh, smarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll miss it. Yeah. Um, I think I've already missed it, though. Um, I'm, you know, I'm glad I, I have since moved on a while ago. And I think that all happened at the time it needed to happen. Um, yeah. 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 I didn't hear that. Well, I think you definitely pulled the parachute cord at the right time. Yeah. For me, I'm just, uh, man, I'm remembering, speaking of uh, Mika Kitty, Tessa, like, I remember I first bumped into her. She might not remember it, but it was when I was a costumer at Maker at their original building, or at the, the I guess, what is the original building? The original, well... Um, the old one that is now a uh, a medicinal well, marijuana Well, Yeah, we'll call office. it the first official Maker building. Yeah. That was actually called Maker. Uh, that used to be a Goodwill, turned into Maker, <laughs> and now is a... Oh my God, that's right! Now is a marijuana doctor. Because uh, I... I was uh, the costumer there, so my office, quote unquote, was in the very back hallway by a closet where all these clothes and like Cecily like brought in a bunch of her costumes and you know people would dump things. So I was constantly organizing and sorting and trying to keep on top of what we had and made it available for other talent to know, hey, if you need this, we got that. Uh, and then also if it gets taken off onto set, like, does it come back? Uh, so I'd be there in a pile of clothes all day, and every now and then someone would come to the back door with a donation for Goodwill. Beautiful. <laughs> and I'd have to be like, well, you should know this isn't a Goodwill, but if you leave it here, it will probably get used. <laughs> so, yeah, random bags every now and then. And that, I feel like that's the beauty and the poetry yeah. that is the young startup company, like Maker. Gosh. Like, taking what we can get. Yeah. Now there'd be, now there's a whole bunch of forms to fill out for if anyone were to drop off anything oh yeah somewhere to leave you like a loaf of bread as a gift yeah it's like you have to sign two forms to accept this gift and make sure it's under a certain amount gotta protect themselves gotta play by the rules yeah you know because you got a lot of money and someone could sue you at any moment you gotta protect that stuff but not us we're the wild west here we're podcasting for bed yeah we're doing the the unthinkable, the unknown. Yeah, we're boldly going forward on that front. So this is the the new frontier of it podcasting. Is. We're like John and Yoko. Oh no! With a microphone. Yeah, no. This is. I'm John. Well, with a digital microphone, yes. and I'm definitely Yoko. That's. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Oh baby. You can you can crawl on me. You can naked, and I will sit there. Thank you. Fully clothed. I think she was fully clothed. Uh, was she? She was. Yeah. Yep. That photo. Oh, yo. We're revolutionaries right now. I will say there is a video out there of Yoko at a gallery opening, and it's just her uh, doing her vocal thing into a microphone in front of a crowd of people, and 
I, I think I followed it through like some article click Reddit post that was like, ah, look at this BS art thing that Yoko's doing. And like on the surface, it's like, oh God, yeah, what is this all about? It's pretty much like picture a gallery, white walls, wooden floor, and this microphone dangling from the ceiling. It's a big wide room, a whole crowd sitting around and Yoko's just going into the microphone. It's audibly not fun. Um, but then like I started reading into it and I learned that, oh, it's the opening of this gallery and Yoko's kind of like, you know, throwing the first pitch and this whole exhibit is just a microphone in the middle of the room that welcomes anybody to you know, say go, something, say something, which could still could be very artsy BS, but no, not I'm, in a way. I, like that, I fully that, support that idea. Yeah, I think that's it's kind of a, cool. a powerful thing. Uh, yeah, I, I I do live performance regularly, and I sometimes forget the novelty of uh, somebody who's not used to being on stage or having a platform suddenly having that. Um, and that makes a moment. That's a powerful moment. You know, in improv, if uh, you see there's a one of the short form shows, they will bring people out of the audience onto stage and participate or even like with our team like we ask for a suggestion at the top of the show and sometimes a person will give a suggestion and they're so excited their suggestion got picked like they will find us afterwards and be like you picked my suggestion um you know that's a moment yeah and uh, it's gonna have impact on them and the exhibit yeah and so yeah like once i learned about that exhibit it was like oh this is kind of cool yeah the more and more i learn about yoko the more I appreciate her as an artist, Ugh. I don't. I don't think she was just some BS Beatle girlfriend. I, no. th- I think she really was uh, talented and, and had some great ideas. And John was very right for uh, seeing her capabilities and her uh, her talents and and wanting to do something other than the Beatles. I mean, when you you know, for I forget how long they were working together. But oh, almost a decade. Almost n- a, decade, a decade, for sure. Yeah, that's a lot of time to be working with the same people. Over and over Even and though over. They're, they were creating new sounding things. Yeah, there comes a point where it's just like, there's got to be a change. Yeah. Um, and I think the world's better that the Beatles broke up, honestly. You know? It's, uh, it's Here's well, a good high note. Or more so that it's just, it wasn't, the, the other option is that they kind of, slowly deteriorate to dissipate into like bad Beatles records like now we don't have a single bad Beatles record they're all they're all awesome yeah yeah I'm trying to think of because there's these bands who've been together forever like the Rolling Stones I I feel like every now and then I hear about them it's like oh and there was a time when you know, the idea of the stones are coming to town. People would freak out and their minds would melt and there'd be pandemonium and women dancing freely in the streets without bras and old people being offended and frightened and boarding up their homes. And now like you hear, oh, the stones are coming into town and people are like, still doing it. Still got it. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not one of those people who are mm. excited to see the stones. I should be. Just never really a stones fan. Not to say that what they're doing. I don't know. I've never seen them live, but I, I, I would actually be kind of nice to see them live. But yeah, it's kind of like that, that energy, that spark gets a little dimmer. Unless, I think I like, could live comfortably never seeing the Stones. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen them this so far. And, uh, and if I don't, it's okay. Hmm. I'm glad I got to see Paul McCartney though. 
You saw Paul McCartney? Yeah. Ooh, how was that? It's very good. He, 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 it was like three or four years ago, and he still got, he still got it. Nice. He's killing it. Man, I hear he is an upstanding gentleman. Hopefully. That's pretty, good pretty person. amazing if he is. Yeah, I don't, I haven't seen any Beatles. My sister saw Ringo when she was teenager. I remember she was very excited. She claims he touched her hand, I think. I am sure it happened. Allegedly. I wasn't there. No, no, no. I, I have no reason to doubt <laughs> that uh, she made physical contact with Ringo. Yeah. He I, is a person. And he promised to marry her that and part, take her away to an island. I'm a little bit skeptical of They They hung out and jammed for a while. She played piano. He said, you're really good. I want you to play on my next album. And she was like, that's great, but I have school tomorrow. And I was thinking, Emily, this story doesn't sound real, but I'll go with it out of love and respect. You're a good sister. Thanks. <laughs> you know. You really, you really yes and. Yeah. All Healthy your... skepticism, but hey, could be true. Yeah. No. I can't disprove it. Who are it. you? You weren't there. I wasn't there. There weren't any cameras. My dad was there, but you know, he just kept his hands in his pockets and shrugged and was like, sure. That's as, that's as good as a yes to me. <laughs> that's all. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, bed cast in. Bed cast in. This is better. My, my back hurts a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but because uh, I'm sitting up in bed. I'm not. I originally wanted to do this laying down in bed with the microphone between us. Would you be more comfortable laying down? We can't do it now. But. Um, well, but next time we bed cast. I mean. I'll try. Let me see if it happens if I lay down. Yeah. Okay. okay. Stand by, everybody, while Dante gets exceptionally comfortable. Yeah. Are you comfortable? Oh, this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah I like this. No, you don't have to, no, don't have to move that. Just want to make no. sure you can be heard. Nope. Fine. And then I'll lay down, too. Yeah. There we go. Ooh. Let's see if we can move it. This is... Uh, mornings are difficult for Dante, <sighs> traditionally. Um, they are, but now they're, they're extra... I mean, they're extra. I don't have to do anything. Oh, did we mention that there can only be one person who gets up in the morning? Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, so there's a phenomenon that's kind of uh, a, um, reared its uh, its head. I wouldn't say ugly it's head. Not ugly, no, it's not an ugly head. It, it's made an appearance in our relationship uh, after a while, so... Only one of us can get up and out of bed in the morning, and then the other is doomed to languish. Yeah. The first one who gets out gets to get up and get out and do something. And have a productive morning. <laughs> While the other, it's like by some kind of grand evil design. Uh, some divine force has designated. It makes them sleep one. in. Yes. It, it makes them take a little extra time. And... It makes it difficult for them to get out of bed regardless. Yes. And yeah, it's it's not a matter of willpower. It is a matter of a, a force from the universe a holding one of us down. There's a vortex that starts somewhere in the center of the bed. And it and it's a psychic vortex and it keeps you in. And today was today was a very exaggerated version of that. It was a classic textbook case of I I sprang out of bed. I think I was like doing weird high kicks and dancing. You were while getting dressed. Yeah, you were doing dancing for sure. <laughs> and then I ran into the living room. I like grabbed the pull up bar and I dangled for a little bit because I can't pull up, mm -hmm, so I just dangle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then I made some coffee and did some dishes. 
Uh, oh, you did dishes? No, oh, actually, dishes. by did dishes, I mean I put dry dishes away. That was phase one. Perfect. Phase two is coming later, where That's I actually funny clean the dirty ones. When I get up first, it's I do the same thing. I don't usually don't dangle though, but hmm. I do. Uh, well, I'll put away the dry dishes. That's yeah. like part of the. It's a good ritual. Yeah, it's a good part of the good the the lone morning ritual. Yeah. When the vortex is in full force. Yes, because we don't have a dishwasher because we are down to earth people. Well, just because our apartment doesn't have one. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah. And, and we th- like our apartment a lot more than, at least I like, I like my apartment more than I like having a dishwasher, I yeah. think. But I don't have a dishwasher yet. So. I like rent control and the amount of space we have. Yes. <laughs> um, traditionally, throughout my life, I've usually been a morning person. Mornings have not been difficult for me. My mom's a morning person for sure. I think that's where I get it from. Uh but yeah, then sometimes like if if it's a the day after a show night, if we stay out late, for sure I want to sleep in. But then the days where you get out of bed, Dante, I just can't get myself out. Yeah. And that's it's a new phenomenon I'm not used to. It is it's not that I'm tired or what it, I don't know, it's an unseen force that just keeps me down and keeps me rolling around in bed just wanting to go back to dream. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I wonder if it's like a respect for the other person to like go and like. <laughs> like, like I'll like, let you have your solitary productive morning. Yeah. Maybe. But but not really because I never think that, you know, outwardly as I'm no. laying in bed. I'm just, I'm usually just going, oh, this is so nice. And I just lay in bed and it's, it's like, oh, there's, I don't have to get up right now. So I may as well just take a little bit more time for myself. Yeah. Uh, I also think that there is perhaps, I don't know, some kind of scientific explanation for it. Maybe Hmm. we could, like, put up trail cams. Yeah. Um, To catch footage of the emotional vampire that that comes in. There could be an emotional vampire. I think more like an emotional yeti that just pushes the person down in bed when they when they like try to get up it's just like no 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 you're just like sleep oh like a uh, like a hag ghost yes. yes a hag ghost that softly just strokes your hair except it's not strangling you it's str- um, well it's strangling you with comfort interesting which can be just as dangerous so this is turning into a very comfortable form of sleep paralysis yes interesting that is a very common um, motif in ghost stories that is now uh, people are linking it with sleep paralysis and that phenomenon. The sense of um, people will report waking up in the middle of the night and there's a dark force, sometimes male, sometimes female, sitting on your chest and Whoa. smothering you and choking you. Uh, and it, like People call it the hag. And uh, a lot of people experience that and now there's evidence showing that it is related to sleep paralysis, which is just a uh, um, a misfire of chemicals in your brain waking you up. Because mm-hmm. when you go to sleep, uh, something's released to keep you paralyzed and like in bed so that when you're dreaming, you're not actually kicking and flailing around in real life. And then when you wake up, you get a new set of chemicals to undo that first set so that you can wake up and physically move around. Those things don't always align, and so sometimes you wake up and you can't move. 
Uh, and sometimes you are asleep, but your body is flailing. Hmm. Or you're walking around, sleepwalking. Hmm. Do you experience that at all? I have. Have you? Oh, yeah. I, I used to sleepwalk as a kid. Oh, sleepwalk or paralysis? Uh, both, okay. actually. It, it comes and goes in phases. Uh, I haven't had sleep paralysis in a while. But that, that usually is where the sleep paralysis is the worst because I wake up and I'll be sleeping on my stomach for some odd reason, which I don't always do. And then I have this sense of, oh, my face is in the pillow. I can't breathe. But then I can't move. So yep. I'm like fully conscious, but I can't move myself and then i feel like i'm suffocating myself uh and then i finally come i'm able to move around and um come to which is awful yeah i uh, once time i once time once time you once timed one time i was sleep paralyzed on a, on a friend's couch and it was very Ooh. real i was like uh, I, just, I woke up i could see everything oh. but i i and I, I was trying to move so i was awake but I, I, I couldn't move my arms and my legs or anything, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to be like I'm stuck." Like, the feeling of helplessness and fear, yeah, was so strong. Uh, but then I think I, I think I kind of like snapped out of it, or like I closed my eyes and then like opened them again, and then I was able to like jerk out of it. Mm-hmm. But it was terrifying. It is like the ultimate uh, mental test in calming down. Uh, it's sort of like they, I'm trying to think of a, an example, but like in an emergency situation when you want to panic and the thing that will save you is to just calm down mm-hmm. and breathe naturally and it'll work itself yeah, out. Do step by step. Yeah, but man, it's, it's the freakiest. No, yeah, there's, there's, uh, you feel like you might be dying. Yeah. Or like this is the beginning of death, which yes. is never a... Ooh, comforting there, feeling and there's always that feeling of uh, a threat like you are being threatened mm-hmm. um i'm very thankful i haven't really seen figures because a lot of times people will see like figures in the corner of the room or hovering over them or holding them down i know you saw manitoba i did um, see manitoba it's real. I don't know if that was sleep paralysis or you uh, just no, lingering between awake and sleeping. Yeah, I wasn't paralyzed, oh I, but I definitely was in the in-between state. Yeah. Ooh, the in-between. I'll get, um, I, may, I may have mentioned this before, but in that in-between where I'm like just coming to, I'll get hallucinations of something dangling in front of my face. And then as I come to, it like drifts off into the distance and then either dissolves or it melts into something um, like... The bedroom, my childhood bedroom, there was a ceiling light and fan. So it had that dangly ball chain Mm -hmm. uh, to pull the switch. And very frequently I would, you know, kind of drift to sleep and then wake up in the middle of the night or early evening. And I would see spiders dangling in front of me. And then they would fade back and become those ball chains again, hanging from the ceiling. It was like, oh, those weren't spiders. That was just a light fixture. Uh, that and hot air balloons. I see. I, I've seen some hot air balloons recently as I was waking up. I would have dreams that a hot air balloon would land in our backyard. 
Really? Yeah, like like a recurring dream that it would it would land in our backyard, and I think Ooh. once it kind of did, or or maybe one time it took off from our backyard. Mm-hmm. But I don't think our backyard is big enough, so this whole thing might just be. I may have seen once a low flying hot air balloon. Interesting. Um, but I didn't. Yeah, I definitely had a recurring dream of a hot air balloon flying and landing in the backyard. Huh. But that that's so strange that you that you would see. I mean, do you think that you wanted to see the spiders? I think it's the mind justifying. Yeah. Like, it's recognizing something's there and, like, putting you in an alert state. Mm-hmm. So that the moment you can do something about it, you do something about it. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure about that. But I'm very thankful I haven't seen dark forces hovering over me. <laughs> Same here. They're trying to murder me. Uh, that's besides that makes me Manitoba. Thankful. Manitoba. Uh, I used to sleepwalk a lot as a kid. I have memories of that of kind of coming to in the middle of going down the stairs, and then like memories of being on the couch and waking up on the couch and knowing I walked myself here, and then just going back to sleep on the couch. Yeah, I mean, not not as an adult, as a child. I haven't. Yeah, I'm saying, but to you would, my knowledge, I have would, not been sleepwalking lately. Please fill me in if I'm wrong. No, I've never, I've never seen you sleepwalk. Yeah. So, um, that has, uh, that has changed. Yeah. I had a friend that would sleepwalk, and it would always kind of coincide with him drinking as well. Did it? Did yours coincide with any alcohol intake? Well, I was seven, but hmm. who knows? Hmm. I, I played in the mud a lot. I could have ingested all kinds of things. Yeah, it could have been some kind of worms or other kind of oh creepy crawly diseases God. going in you. Digging holes in the backyard is the best. It is. Oh, I miss that. Oh. Right now in the Northeast, they are digging holes in, in backyards, but of multiple inches of snow, of like multiple feet of snow. Yeah. Um, shout out to our Northeastern friends. Holla. Uh, and. <laughs> It is, uh, oh yeah, he would, he would wake up on like washing machines in, in the shower while taking a shower, like what? wake up like, like with the, sh- with the water spraying him. God. And then one time he tried to climb a, uh, you never know those, you know those walls that are built out of stones and the stones were cemented together. And th- this was like a, an outside bathroom, like a camping bathroom. Okay. So, so the building Like wall, a retaining wall? No, no, it's it's like a wall of like a it's a structure that they built, but instead of having like bricks, it's stones okay. like a, like a cabin like oh, a stone okay. cabin kind of looking thing. Okay. So you know you can kind of grip each individual stone. He was trying to climb that. Yeah, that sounds like because fun to he climb. was he was rock climbing all summer, so he had taken <laughs> camping ropes, which would have done nothing for him. They're just ropes that like to tie extra tarp down with, and then he tried to climb this bathroom wall in his sleep he in grabbed sleep. rope yes grabbed went rope to a wall i went to a wall i must climb and his mother uh woke him up and like and like time come on let's go back to bed oh that's and so like, scary I, I should say i don't think she even woke him up she just steered him back to bed yeah because he didn't really re- like recognize it oh recall man it. yeah that's for you like sleepwalking when it crosses the line of leaving your home <laughs> That's where it gets Yeah, totally. I may have mentioned this before. Uh, I had a little cousin who was found sleepwalking and, like, trying to open the back door. 
Uh-huh. Um, and thankfully, like, the deadbolt was locked. It's Minnesota in the wilderness. Like, you don't have to lock the doors. But, it was like, her parents woke up to her, like, pulling the door. And the deadbolt was the only thing that kept her in. And so they, like, put a little beeper on the door. Every time you open it, it would beep. Um, because of that. Uh, They're trying to keep her in. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, have we had this talk before on the podcast the one where we're next to each other in the bed and we're talking about bedtime stuff our dreams and sleepwalking because i was gonna tell the story of like when i was uh camping or like on a vacation with our family and family friends and i left our cabin and went into theirs and crawled into bed with the parents yeah no you've i don't think you've told uh, it on the podcast but you've told me um yeah but yeah that's pretty much it i have memories of kind of coming to and I was on this porch that connected the two cabins. And it was our family and then another family that had two boys around the same age as us. And um, I was, like, standing in the porch in the middle, like, oh, man, I must have been sleepwalking. And I turned back to the cabin that I was 100% sure was the one we were staying in. I crawled into the room that I was staying in and the bed that I was sleeping in. And I woke up in bed with the other parents. <laughs> She's. And they're very sweet because you know they had boys and so the mom's like, yeah. hey, I'll have a daughter tonight." <laughs> She's always very nice. I love how cute and and Minnesotan and yeah. innocent that is. Yeah, well, she was my that... doctor. She delivered me. Oh, that is very so, cute. I mean, I know everything in my through thick and thin. My modern mind is like, <laughs> "This is evil." Yeah, but there's nothing evil I know. About I it. I feel like I say it. Maybe it's like like I, no, I, there should I, be nothing weird about it. There it's, shouldn't be anything weird about it. But yeah, maybe it's like the murder podcasts I listen to, or like everything in the news the involving podcast. an adult and children is like, and then the child's molested. Yeah, it's just always tainted. That's that's the common uh, the chi- narrative. Children get with tainted children and, so uh, adults. often. In things, because there's a, I would, I would venture to say, because there's a million other scenarios where children and adult interact with each other and nothing happens, yes, and, there, and therefore there's nothing to report, so uh, people don't talk about it. Yeah. Whereas when something terrible happens, it's exceptional, and so we have to make an exception and talk and like talk about it, mm-hmm. and uh, and be wary and. I, I get kind of like a weird feeling when, uh, like, if I'm going for a walk and I pass like a, a flock of children mm-hmm. on the grass, if there's any kind of interaction, um, like there was one time they're like tossing a ball or and like it like rolled toward me, I kind of like kicked it back and I smile and it's like, is that am I making a yeah, parent no, alarmed? Like, I've definitely reacted in a similar scenario. Yeah, and it's I'm like, a here woman. you go. I should be safe, right? Yeah. Unless I've gone insane and baby crazy and can't have children of my own, and so I'm going to kidnap yours. That's where the threat is with me. Yes, but those are so few and far in between. <laughs> but it's interesting how it has like affected. It definitely affected. It made me second think, or sorry, think twice about how I'm going to interact okay, you're in with any strange child. Yeah, although I I have like a guilt that I carry with me that doesn't need to be there. Like uh, at the grocery store, at the self checkout, pay for my items. I have my receipt the employee or the security guard is standing right there and watch me do the whole process. I still feel like as I walk out, I need to like <laughs> so. hold the receipt <laughs> in a prominent place by my face. So they, they see I have one so they don't stop me and search my bag. 
Do you, when you go to a bank, do you feel like you're going to rob it? Yes. Because I feel like I'm about to rob it every All single time. time. I can't smile at the security guard too big or they yeah. know. And I and I, I make sure to check out where all the cameras are. But, yep. But not give anyone any particular too much attention. Because mm-hmm. I don't want them to get my face because I'm about to rob that bank. But mm-hmm. I never end up robbing the bank. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I know to not like be shifty, not adjust my pockets exactly. too much. But not too little. Um, keep, will, keep my answers short because it, guilty people over-explain things. For sure. So if they ask, like, oh, how's your day going? It's going good, and that's it. I don't need to tell them about where I've been. I don't need to tell them about a phone call I had or email or excuse the fact that, like, oh, yeah, you know, my shoelace is untied right now because, like, you know, the person in line, like, moved faster than I thought, and I'm going to tie my shoe when I leave. Uh, it's fine. They can't even see my shoe, and they don't even know it's untied. I always feel like it's – there's – only so much you can say to the bank teller. And if, am, I, am I being rude? I ask myself. But no, I am just not... I, I, I feel the same way. Like, if mm-hmm. I talk too much, perhaps I'm over-explaining because I'm guilty because I'm about to rob this bank. Yeah. Uh, therefore, if, if I, I have to keep it short, you know, we, we both want to just kind of get out of here. I don't want to distract the person. It's... Yeah. Uh, it's a it, life is hard. Yeah, it really we is. Stay in bed in this modern age. <laughs> what better? And don't go out to the bank and talk to people. Stay in bed. Stay inside. Make a podcast. Oh, here's the good news. Send it out to the world. Last time I was at the bank, the teller was said everything, almost up to the point of just don't ever come back. <laughs> like I, I was depositing checks, and she just kept saying like, "Oh, like." You could have done this online with our app. Apparently, there's an Why app. Why are you, you take wasting a... my time? Yeah, she was pretty much saying that, but in the nicest way possible. Like, you should not be here. <laughs> I was like, sorry, I, I didn't know. She kept saying that. I was like, great. Well, how many checks did you bring noted. with you? Like three. It was after Christmas. Oh. You know, everybody paying tribute to me. Mm, tribute to tribute. Mary. Please take our money. Go forth. <laughs> be awkward at the bank (laughs) oh god which always makes me wonder with like police having to deal with people like i bet they feel the same way yeah like wait the police feel guilty or like oh man i want to shoot you but i can't because you're sort sort of i I know you know that i want to shoot you but it's i think it's just like it's like everyone knows that i have the authority to arrest you right now Mm -hmm. if you do anything wrong if you're doing anything wrong i can handcuff you Put you in the back of a car. Plant drugs on you. <laughs> Plant drugs on you, but against your will. But the point is that there is this idea of authority. I think maybe because like when you walk into a bank, you're surrounded by this institution of authority mm. that if you get yeah. caught doing anything wrong, you know, you'll go to jail. I think that's why I think I might rob the bank because I think any wrong move I might make yes. might lead me to robbing a bank. So, yeah. so I think if you're a cop, you probably like, you're, it, it's always on your mind and for some people, it might empower them. But I think for most, it just kind of makes them awkward. Like when I see a cop at Chipotle, like it's, I want to like talk to him and be his buddy. But he knows that he really can't do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You can give a nod. But if you give more than a nod, I feel like they're like, why is this guy, you know, like. Buddy, why this, buddy. Yeah, why is this guy trying to buddy me? He's trying to take my gun. Yeah. Like there's Maybe a, he's like an Eddie Kemper. I think that was the serial killer who was like buddies with cops. And, like, buddies with the cops who are investigating the cases of the murders that he committed kind of thing. Like, you know, the killer always wants to be a part of the 
the crime investigation. It's a thing. Huh. So if you're being friendly with a cop, they're like, he's a killer and he wants to be in part of, uh, a part of the investigation. Maybe. Maybe. But there's a certain amount of uncomfortableness that happens when I interact with police. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I feel like I'm doing nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one time in my life I've been pulled over by a cop. The one time I was, I'd been leaving work at a comedy club. So it was very late at night. And I dropped off some friends at a bar on the way home because they wanted to go get a, you know, nightcap or have some last drinks. So as I'm pulling out of the parking lot of this bar, there's a cop right behind me because we're in the suburbs of northern Illinois. And anything on the street after 1 a.m. is liable to be pulled over. So I do get pulled over for a funny stop, as he said, uh, that I stopped weird at a stop sign. And you know what? I you probably did. Funny. I probably did because I knew it was a cop behind me. And it was just like, okay, speed limit, check. Okay, okay. And like, again, like totally sober. I hadn't been drinking uh, but, like, I, I was working at a comedy club, and I bust tables there, so I probably had alcohol smell all over me. Um, I get pulled over, and he quickly starts, like, putting me through the sobriety test. Like, mm-hmm. almost instantly, he's just like, get out. Oh, and then, like, I was, like, very jittery. So, like, when he pulled me over, I did a big no-no and, like, reached over and grabbed my purse, which was, like, a giant bag. And so he just saw me, like, grab something quick. Uh, it, it like nervously came to the window like this is it this is the time this is the time Donnie you're gonna have to pull that firearm tonight it's gonna happen I'm gonna get into a firefight this is gonna be the fight of my life and then it's just me and he's like damn it Donnie one of these days you're gonna get to shoot something uh, yeah so then he starts putting me through the sobriety test and like cuts it halfway through like oh yeah you're not drunk you're just terrified <laughs> And I was. I'm terrified of authority. I've always been. We, we I think we were. Most of us are programmed to feel that way. Absolutely. Uh, I want to tell my police stories, but I'm like. I'm, oh, let's save that for a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a good track record with the law. After he confesses that he might be robbing a bank all the time. <laughs> Anytime you go into a bank, maybe I'll rob it. <laughs> Who knows? Let's get crazy. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, fun. Yeah. That's fun. It is. <laughs> well, bed casting, bed casting can be is a very productive type of casting. Kind of a way to do it, actually. This I is see really that you, comfy. Have, you have Dante's Dark Forest written as a note. Uh, Dante's Dark Forces is a Forces. working title for this episode. Oh, that's right. <laughs> as I... As we cackle about my police record. <laughs> well, but when I was... I was planning my day out and hearing you moan in the other room as I was writing down half to podcast today... So I figured, you know, I'll just set up the gear in the bedroom. I don't think he's getting out of bed. And, uh, you know, because it, it was your dark forces holding you in. You know, it's interesting. And this is a shout out to Tessa, if you're listening to this, uh, or anyone, if you're fam- now familiar <laughs> with the... If anyone is listening if, to this, shout gone, out to you. If you've gone this far, shout out to you. You, you and yours. You've earned it, buddy. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, she got me into the Enneagram. We did a whole podcast oh, about yes. the Enneagram. So then she texted me the other day with a, a new podcast from, I forget the name of the people making the podcast, but it's about a guy who's a nine talking about being a nine, which you and I are both nines, according to the Enneagram. Yeah. And um, I listened to the podcast twice because it was like so uh, kind of right on the nose. Oh, with, you got to send me that. How I was going through right now. And the thing is... That, Nines need to sleep in sometimes. <laughs> well, that are like are like our our quote unquote like major sin, so to speak, is sloth, and therefore yes. we like very easily get into um, like once we're once we're down, we can stay down for a long time. In order to get going, it's a very long slog and a a hard push of a of a rock up a hill. Oh my God, you're blowing my mind already, and I haven't even. It's not the podcast. And and um. But I think it, what's is more, uh, what's more telling is that we also have an abundance of energy to procrastinate. Essentially, like if there's something else we know we should be doing that it will be the hard rock up the hill. We will we will like become obsessed with another thing that isn't the thing that we actually have to do. Oh my God! You're blowing my mind. Yeah. In order to. Sorry. That that's wow. In order to um. Well, I don't know. There's no reason why. It's just kind of built into our personalities. So yep, that's me. So even though I'm laid off, <laughs> and and quote unquote, and all these all I'm these things, casting from bed, and bad casting from bed now. Uh, but I'm I'm trying to book this tour, and I have to like check on a few things, and with people in a different country in England. Uh, shout out to Ed Monk, Ed Monk, who's like helping me do some of this um, uh, booking. Because uh, I'm going on tour. I don't know if I've talked about this. I'm I'm trying to put a tour together. And uh, it's um, it's not easy. And it takes a lot of work. And it's something I should be getting up and doing right now. Of course, I'll, I'll probably work into the night with it. So it's like... Yeah. It all kind of equals out in the end. But it's it's not the Getting most... Getting it... Just like turning the key and starting the car is the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing. part for me. Like I will... It, it, I'll toss things in the back and start organizing how it's loaded in the car. I'll clean the windshield. I'll fill it with gas. I'll check the tires. I'll do everything except turn the key to start the car. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You are, you got to send me this podcast. I got to, I will figure out all the nininess of my nine. It's going to kind of change your life. Wow. Uh, Know thyself. Know thyself. Even though, but here I am knowing thyself and still, (laughs) I'm looking out the window, seeing the dark forces in the east, because they are there. It's a curtain. It's and, not a dark No, there's dark forces in the east. The curtains are drawn. And I'm not, you know, this is what, this is what really dictates me getting out of bed. Uh, having to pee, which I, I didn't have to enough. Um, being thirsty, mm-hmm. but I'm only mildly thirsty, and the water's right next to me. Okay. Or, and this is very strange, but if I drink a considerable amount of alcohol, uh, specifically... No, just alcohol in general. If I drink a, about a half bottle's wine's worth of alcohol or more, I tend to get up early the next day. I do that too. I tend to pop right out at like 8 a.m. I'm like, whoop, like naturally. Yeah. Um, you With, know, having to use the bathroom oh, and such. It's led to some but weird feelings of like, I feel like I should be hungover and really tired, but I just had the most productive morning after the most uh, well, it's college never- train wreck of a night. <laughs> It, so I like to, but I'm like 
I'm uh, there's a I can't go college train wreck. If I go college no. train wreck, it's a it's a different kind of feeling. Uh, yeah. Which I haven't gone college train wreck in Oof. many I did years. That, uh, two weeks ago was it? <laughs> we we were doing a um a monthly show at the theater that is a drunken history show based around a monologist who we get drunk well ahead of time and then they come up and they do some monologues uh, improvised based on historical events the audience suggests and we had Chris Gorbos uh, a couple weeks ago and he was amazing because he is legitimately brilliant and smart and has a bunch of knowledge and facts in his melon and he was wasted uh, somehow I got really drunk too, I think because I somehow. forgot to have dinner. <laughs> so it just really, I, I, or maybe it was sympathy drinking, but man, I felt awful the next day. Lesson learned. Always have dinner. Always have dinner. Always have dinner when you plan on drinking. Um, sorry to interrupt with that thing. Uh, yeah, I tend to wake up if I have to pee. If I'm thirsty, uh, or if my to-do list drifts into my dreams. Wow. If I hit that, like, that moment of light sleep where your dreaming starts to interact with reality and something of, like, you got to get this done pops in, then I fixate on that till I wake up, and then I procrastinate on that for the rest of the day. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, no. see, that's, the, that's like, I'm like battling the the thing I have to do right now. Oh, I'm going, ah, yeah, but if you just lay in bed, then it's like you don't actually have to go and do that thing. Yeah. Was it the bed. podcast? Because, you know, the podcast came to you. Yeah, no, no, the podcast <laughs> I was looking forward to. But I it wasn't enough to get me out of bed because I'm wow. staring at the darkness in the east. Well, good news, Dante. You don't have to get out of bed to podcast. I like this. I really like this. This is comfy. This is our new format. This is not to rip off Joan Rivers, bless her. Uh. But, you know, there's room for a guest in between us. For sure. And, you know, shout out to John and Yoko. Shout out to John and Yoko. Uh, God rest both your souls. Assuming... Yoko's still alive. She is. She is. Um, but I think, like, her soul's been split into seven pieces and put into... Different... Different objects around the world. Yeah, um, that's pretty fair. Which, is that life? I don't know. But, hey, let's not underestimate her art. And in uh, your art, should we wrap things up? Let's wrap things up. Excellent. Dante, anything you want to plug? I want to plug this tour I'm putting on going yeah. down the East Coast, starting what seems like now mid-June, uh, going to mid-July. So from basically Boston down to Miami and then across uh, through New Orleans and Austin and Houston and... Um, I think we're going to stop in Roswell, Mexico. I'm trying oh. to get Mary to come with me in a few days. Yes. And I want to go to Roswell, Mexico with Mary. Yes. That and, would be amazing. Uh, so that's the plan. Uh, through Phoenix, uh, Santa Fe, hopefully. And then um, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And then uh, L.A. Yes. Awesome. And that's going to be the tour Uh Partially inspired by the fact that I have to transport a car from Connecticut to California. Um, but, you know, want to play some shows on the way and meet people and, and play my music and promote uh, the EP, which is now 
so close to being done, getting the final mixes, tweaking small things on those final mixes, then I'll go to mastering, and then I gotta print it, and, and we're ready to rock. That sounds awesome. I'm excited for that. Me too. <laughs> um, I am, uh, well, awesome thing happening this Friday, and uh, for the next four Fridays, I believe, I'm going to be streaming live. Um, it's a new show called Project Pixel, which is on projectalpha.com. It's a live streaming platform uh, that Geek and Sundry does, which is really nice. cool. So, yeah, I'm, it's basically a live stream art show. Uh, we'll have art challenges, work on um, uh, challenges and exercises to help you develop your art style, particularly with fan art is what it's going to be revolved around. So uh, this Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, and then the next few following Fridays, um, I'm going to be hosting that, which is super exciting. Uh, and then um, coming up in April and May, for those of you in the Los Angeles area, uh, the Cobranauts improv team, we are taking over The Grind on Thursdays. Uh, the Grind being the owners of the theater have been doing this show that is going on a bit of a hiatus and we are taking their slot. So Thursdays at 10 p.m. at the Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica. Come see us do weekly shows. I'm really excited for that. It's so great. Um, performing so much. It's gosh, awesome. yeah, it's it's awesome. I love it. I, I think I accidentally dropped out of a team that I want to talk to tonight and be like, I don't think I got the email. Or they kicked me out. No, I I failed to see the initial email where they're like, we're going to get it together. You coming? Uh, and then May, I'm doing Playlist Live in May in Orlando, Florida. And I believe I'll be at Playlist Live as well with <gasps> oh, you. Oh, awesome. Excellent. Yeah. That is, sorry about the chest pounding. So, oh, yeah, Playlist Live, if you're going, let us know. Yes. We'll meet up. We'll, we'll say, say hi. hello. Hello. And I assume I'm doing VidCon this summer as well. I don't know. I just, I always assume. I just show up. <laughs> it's right around it's the corner. beautiful life. Yeah. Just roll on in. Roll out of bed. Roll into VidCon. Oh, boy. I don't know Okay, anymore. we'll figure that later. I just got a man. I got to yeah. go to the bathroom, but then I have to get up. I know. Ugh. I hope you're, hope you're stuck. I'm going to get up, and yeah. then you're going to be stuck in bed. Oh, no. We're doomed. There can only be one who's awake at the same time. All right. All right. Well, thank you for listening, sweet peas. Uh, you can email us at podcastpeas at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, peas in a podcast. Uh, send us your questions if you are struggling with anything, need advice, email or message us uh, if you want to tell us about your dreams. Yes. Or you have more photos of tea for Liam. Or creepy sleepwalking stories or photos of tea for Liam. We received a few photos. Yes. We need a few more to make a collage. Yes. I want to make a collage and then I want to get Liam's response. Yes. To all this tea making. So hit us up. Thanks for listening. And remember. Gerard, Gerard Depardieu. Depardieu.